0: Rising sea levels, extreme weather patterns, extinctions of species. Our planet needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast, we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to the World in 10 podcast. It's your daily roundup of interesting news stories from around the world in 10 minutes. With me, Cora Bentley. And
2: me, Stuart Willey. We've got the best analysis and expertise from the Times of London. Today we'll be looking at the controversial world leader who's having his trip to the UK funded by the UK taxpayer. Plus, the cash machines in Ireland which have to be guarded because they were doling out money that isn't in people's accounts.
1: I wonder if you can cast your mind back and remember that footage of the US-based Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi entering the Saudi consulate in Turkey and then not coming out.
2: Yeah, He was a high-profile critic of the policies of Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. We often call him MBS. And the Saudi government said the journalist died during a fight later attributing the death to a chokehold. Then their deputy public prosecutor said the murder was ordered by the head of a negotiations team.
1: Yeah, investigators concluded that Khashoggi was restrained after a struggle, injected with a lethal overdose, and his body then dismembered. Ultimately, many thought that his death was ultimately ordered by that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And it's this man who will be coming to the UK this autumn. With more details being released in The Times today about that visit and how the UK taxpayer will be paying for it, despite its controversy. Now, The Times' policy editor, Oliver Wright, has told us there's been an attempt for some time now to rebuild relations between the UK and Saudi Arabia since then, and he describes what he expects will happen.
0: Obviously, there'll be talks with Rishi Sunak in, in, in Downing Street. You would expect um, for this kind of visit for him also to meet the king. Obviously, it won't be a state visit, but you would expect that he would meet the king. And I think, indeed, if he didn't, that would be seen as a as a snub by the Saudis. You know, they have had historically quite a close relationship with the royal family. Um, it will be obviously very heavily business-focused. Um, the government would hope for some sort of investment opportunities to announce at the same time. But, you know, it would be it would be a symbolic trip.
2: He also told us why the government thinks this visit is worth it.
0: What is in this for the UK is effectively both inward and outward investment. The Prince has announced a fairly extraordinary um, programme to... Turn Saudi Arabia, as it will, into Dubai, and the government says there's a huge opportunity for you know, British services firms, whether that be architects or banks to, to get involved in that. And equally, you know, they are looking for Saudi investment into U.K companies, which they believe could be worth, you know many billions of pounds in inward investment. And you know, at a time when you know, GDP is flatlining, the government's own finances are in trouble, you know it's a portion of the storm.
1: The Saudi-UK relationship is one that's got a lot of coverage recently, most notably in football, with claims of footballers going there and putting money first, frankly. So watch this space as there will undoubtedly be protests about whether investment in a country should only be made if that country has a better human rights record.
2: The death toll in Hawaii just keeps going up and up following those ferocious fires last week. The dead have been found in cars, in what's left of houses, and that grim task continues. This is Josh Green, the governor of Hawaii.
3: I spoke with the president this morning. We speak often. He and Joe Biden extend their absolute love and heartfelt uh, regrets about the tragedy that's occurred. They're heartsick that we've lost these 101 souls.
2: They will come to be with us. We have a large force of people here on the ground. We now have 416 people from FEMA, 273 specifically from the National Guard as well, 185 in the emergency response with 20 dogs finding those who have suffered. 101
3: lives have now been lost. 27% of the survey has been completed.
1: Police on Maui hope that the search will get to 90% at the weekend. And today, some of the first dead have been formally identified and we're starting to learn more about their lives. If you head to the Times app or the website, you can discover some of their stories and, and hear from the families who've been left behind.
2: High winds and dry weather in Hawaii have been blamed for those fires. And in Europe as well, drought is being blamed for the latest blaze that's causing thousands of people to flee. The Times reporter in France is Charles Bremner. Well,
3: it's quite interesting because France has until now been largely spared the terrible fires that have hit Spain and Greece and Italy. But they arrived yesterday and this affected areas of the east of southwest France next to the Pyrenees around the resort of Argeles. The problem is that, that it's very, very densely populated at this time of year. Uh, there are a lot of campsites. There were about 120,000 people involved when this fire broke out. It raged across 500 hectare, hectares. It's not; It wasn't a huge area, but it drove uh, thousands of people out of the area. And as you say, uh, there are th- several thousand campers who were left uh, have been left with no campsite, and uh, several hundred of them have actually been lost all their belongings. Nobody was killed, but there were some injuries. This Pyrenees area is not actually one of the worst hit. Normally, the fires affect mainly the, the south Mediterranean area around the Var, but this year, it's particularly badly affected the, the south side of the Pyrenees, because it is the driest area in France. It's suffering from the worst drought Surprisingly, the rest of France has seen its drought ease somewhat with rains this summer.
1: Now, an alleged Russian spy ring is making news in Britain, with agents said to be posing as American TV journalists so they could carry out surveillance on their targets.
2: Police here in London confirm they've arrested three Bulgarian citizens and others under the Official Secrets Act. They're accused of having fake identity documents, including driver licences from nine countries, passports and press cards.
1: Now, counter-terrorist investigators have been looking into a grubby guest house, a three-star hotel in the coastal town of Great Yarmouth, as well as homes in suburban West London. And it all comes as leaders of British intelligence agencies warn of the continuing espionage threats posed by Russia.
2: Last week, a former KGB officer said a dragon grows two or three new heads when one is torn off. That's more or less the same situation with Russian spies.
1: Oh yeah, and the Times today reports on what they call sleeper agents or so-called illegals, the spies who use fake names to integrate into society, sometimes going to extreme lengths to disguise their identities and hide in deep cover. And you can follow all the latest developments at thetimes.co.uk. <laughs>
2: Australia played England today. England won, so they're now through to the Women's World Cup final. The first time for England to be in a World Cup final since 1966. This is how it sounded.
3: Back towards Anatoon, finds the top corner! Kerr into the penalty area, shoots into the top corner! Sam Kerr at the World Cup for Australia! Hemp is there! Hemp has put it in! England lead again in the semi-final. Rousseau to finish it! And Leicester, Rousseau sends England to the World Cup final.
1: Carol Thomas, a former Lionesses captain for nine years and the first women's international footballer to reach 50 caps, spoke to Times Radio after the match.
3: Yeah, for anybody just new to women's football, what, what a great game of football to be introduced to. Australia's defence had some weaknesses there and I, I think... Um, certainly Alyssio and, and Lauren Helm uh, certainly um, showed that up. to be quite fair with the, with the goals and the way they took them I mean these girls are, are making history and, and they're such uh, role models for the youngsters playing coming into women's and girls football now you know these young girls that I speak to they, they can see what these players can achieve and, and go to Australia and in, in in a World Cup final and And they believe that they can do the same. It's absolutely brilliant for women's and girls'
2: football. So last night in Ireland, there was a run on a bank. Well, sort of. Police had to guard ATMs and shoo away queuing customers. Now, usually a bank run comes when people think the bank is about to collapse. But this was a bit different And it all came from social media.
1: Yeah, the country's largest bank, the Bank of Ireland, had a technical glitch. And customers found they could take out money they didn't actually have. And people started posting about it, saying they could take out €1,000. That's an average weekly wage in Ireland.
2: So a fair bit of money, and as the night went on, Irish police had to come out, saying they were aware of unusual volumes of withdrawals at cash machines, officers then guarding ATMs and reminding people of their personal responsibility. One man who joined the long lines at a bank in Dublin told reporters, I don't know if I'll get away with it, but it's worth a shot.
1: The Bank of Ireland says the glitch has now been fixed and has apologised for the disruption. They also say any customers that did take cash out in all the excitement will have to pay it back.
0: Boom.
2: And that's all from us for today.
1: There's much more in the next World in 10.